Welcome to Marquette Missionary Church. Here's today's message. Well, like I said, we made it through 2020. Um, 2020 was quite a crazy year. As we all know, we have been, it's been all over the news and media and everything. 2020 is one of those years that I don't think we will ever forget. This past week, I was trying to remember life before March of last year. You know, I was trying to like think back to like January last year and February last year when, you know, you could go out to eat and you could have large gatherings and nobody felt weird about it. And there was activities going on and life was pretty good and you know, like America was doing pretty well as far as jobs and everything was going pretty well. And then March hit and everything kind of came to a halt. And we all know this because we are still living in this season. The season has not changed that much. It's been a, things have been progressively opening, but there is still, 2020 was one of those years that we will never forget. Washington Post as people, describe 2020 with one word or phrase. I thought this was interesting. This one person said, exhausting. All of our challenges have been drawn out. Slow motion car wrecks from COVID to the election to unemployment to no sports to some sports to no fans. It just keeps dragging on. I feel trapped in a corner and all I can try to do is block the next thing that gets thrown at us. One person said, lost. We've lost our way as a country. This year was lost for students, families, weddings, holidays, positive human interaction. Lives were lost to disease. It feels like being lost in the wilderness with no compass. Relentless. It just keeps on coming. The good, the bad, the ugly. It just does not relent in our lives. A television show that never knows when to end, one person said. This year feels like one long season of a TV show that keeps throwing random plot devices and crazy situations at viewers just to, just to keep itself on the air. One person said Groundhog's Day, which I believe is the movie Groundhog's Day. If you've never seen that movie with, with Bill Murray, every day is the same as the one before. I decided to do my own Facebook analysis, which you guys, I said, hey, describe 2020 in one word. We know that this is highly scientific and um, very much proven. This is what you guys, some of you said, and some other people, uh, whoever's friends with me in the Facebook world and how they do that. Overwhelming, over, disgusting, beastly, long, plot, hard, emotional, roller coaster, stressful, annoying, thought-provoking, not normal, sickening. Now that we have entered 2021, with all that has happened around us, as your pastor, I have been thinking about this. How do we go forward? You know, it's 2021. How do we move forward? We have no idea what will happen next. You know, there are people out there that are probably trying to make like predictions on what could happen next. We could see more lockdowns. We could see more small businesses closed. We could see more social unrest. We could see more things falling apart. 
Or we could see a country that comes back. We could see a virus that would start to be under control. We might have the greatest summer of our lives coming up here. We literally have no idea. We have so much uncertainty on what the future will bring us. And I think that we all, we all kind of know that. I mean, you know, we had, you know, as we look at 2020, we had experts making predictions in March and April and May and June, July, and now it's January. And nobody, not even the experts know what this year will bring us. You know, they have hope and every news station gets their experts on there and they're all making predictions, but we literally do not know. And I think that's one thing that we can say with certainty that we are uncertain. We have no idea what is going to happen this year. However, we as believers, what is our role? How do we move forward in 2021? That's the question I have been thinking about the last couple weeks. How do we move forward? What is our calling? What is our role coming up here? And I believe Timothy has something to say for us this morning. I'm going to ask for you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we read God's word together here. We're going to read the first nine verses and then uh, we will end up going through all of Timothy this morning here. But uh, let's start with, with 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, verse 4, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its powers. Avoid such people. Verse 6, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened burden with, with the sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Verse 8, Just as Janus and uh, Jambres opposed Moses, so these men will also oppose the truth. Men corrupt in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Verse 9, But they will not get very far. For their folly will be plain for all, as was that of those two men. Let us pray. Father God, as we look to this letter written to your servant Timothy this morning, Father, lead us. Father, help us to know the path you would have for us in this coming year. God, we give you praise this morning. And I ask for your Holy Spirit to come and to minister to us, to challenge us, to encourage us. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be, be seated here. I want to give you a quick background. Because when you first read this this morning with me, you might be thinking, how does this have anything to do with 2021 here, Pastor? Well, I want to give you a quick background on what was happening in this letter. Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and he wrote this letter to Timothy. Now, Timothy... He was a young man that Paul 
was kind of discipling. I would call Paul Timothy's spiritual father. And, and Timothy was left in charge at the church in Ephesus. And Paul said, Timothy, you are going to be in charge of this church. And Paul writes a series of letters to Timothy. Uh, scholars believe there was four letters total and that we have two of them. First Timothy and Second Timothy, but Second Timothy is really the third letter from what scholars believe here. But so Paul is penning this letter to Timothy. And Paul's circumstances, especially in this second letter, are not good. Uh, Paul is under arrest, and Paul is waiting for his uh, execution. Paul's about to die. Paul's also aging at this time. This is not a young Paul writing this. This is a much older Paul. Paul had served in ministry. He's been on missions for the last 30-some years. I mean, I mean, this has been ongoing, and he is writing to Timothy to give him some encouragement on how to move forward. And it's interesting because the very first verse in this, in chapter 3, Paul says this, but understand this. That in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Now, that, that Greek word for difficulty is not used many other places in the entire New Testament. Paul chose a very specific word for Timothy in this circumstance here. The only other time where this word is used is Matthew 8.28, where... If you remember that chapter, uh, Jesus is, is confronting a demon-possessed man. And this word is used to describe violent, hard to bear, troublesome, dangerous. As I think about 2020, I, I can't think of a better word to think about for this past year. It's been troublesome. It's been dangerous, it's been violent, it's been difficult, it's been hard to bear. And Paul uses this word to says, listen, in the end, in the end times, it's going to get really, really difficult. It's going to become really, really bad. And I'm not, I'm not here this morning predicting end times. I'm not, I, I, I think it's foolish to ever pick a date and say, oh, the end is coming today or anything like that. But we do know that every day we live is one more day closer to Christ's coming. Is one more day closer to the end of this earth. And Paul writes to him and says, this is what's going to happen. People will become lovers of self, lovers of money, Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I think if we would step back and look at our world, look at maybe sometimes even ourselves, we can say, yeah. This is, this is all taking place. And, and though Paul said this is what, how the end is going to be looking like, the end is going to be looking very, very difficult, we also know that all of these human traits right here have always been here. Mankind has always been lovers of self rather than lovers of God. That is, that is nothing new under the sun here. But verse 5 
is one that I find to be the most alarming. He says this, he says, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, Paul says. Meaning that, that there will be people that will have this appearance of godliness. They might even be churchgoers. They might even be people that seem to be religious. They have this appearance, but they deny the actual power of God. Now, I bring this up because as I look at the world around us, we can even look at this past year, and we can see all that has taken place, all of the chaos, all of the craziness, and I could say, I could see within Scripture how we could be getting close. And Paul's words to Timothy here, I think, ring true today. However, it doesn't end here. Paul writes these words as like a warning. Like, listen, this is what is going to happen. The people around us, the world around us, it won't be pretty. This is, sin is going to become rampant. This is what it's going to be looking like. But Paul has more to say on this same thought. He literally just gets done saying, listen, this is going to be taking place. There's going to be this, this challenge going on. People are going to become absolutely crazy. Sin is going to become rampant. And look at verse 10. I want to read 10 through, through uh, 13 real quick. Paul says this to Timothy. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that have happened to me in Antioch and um, Iconum and at uh, Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Paul is saying, Timothy, guess what? You have been with me throughout all of the craziness I have gone through. I've gone through persecution. I've gone through all of these really, really terrible things. And Timothy, you have been with me. You have stuck by me throughout all of it. And then in verse 12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. While evil people and imposers will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Everyone who desires to live a godly life will be persecuted. And I've talked about this church when we went through the book of Acts. This is, this is literally scattered throughout the entire New Testament. As a believer in Christ, as a follower of Christ, the world around you, they won't be friendly. Anybody who desires to live a godly life will be persecuted. It was like a promise. It wasn't like it might happen, it could happen. Paul is literally telling Timothy, listen, if you're going to follow me and live for Christ, this is what will happen to you. And we know this is like nothing new. Matthew 10, 22, Jesus says this. And all, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. As we follow Christ, our values, church, are going to look very different than the values of the world around us. We see this taking place even today. I just read this past week um, where my parents live out in, out in, out in Santa Fe. Two, two, two churches decided to hold Christmas Eve services. 
The pastors at both churches got fined $10,000 each. And, and, and we can talk about the COVID and restrictions and all of that, but I do know this. Our values, even our value just to gather, the world will not like it. And, 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 and I'm just sharing this because the times that, that Timothy was living in, the world was very, very hostile to them. I mean, I mean, like, at this time, Nero was in charge. I've brought up this name a few different times, but Nero is like the worst of the worst as when you look at human history. He is the one that fed Christians to the lion's dens and burned his entire city down and blamed it on the Christians. But we do know this. Times around us will get very difficult. There will be this pressure upon believers. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's like, listen, the world around us is not friendly towards us. They're going to they're gonna call us foolish. They're going to call us all sorts of names. There's going to be all of this different stuff going on. But look at what Paul says. And I think this is, these are some of the best verses. In verse 14, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is encouraging Timothy. Timothy, see, uh, Timothy was actually, uh, his grandmother and mother led Timothy to the Lord. And Paul is reminding him, remember how you grew up, Timothy? Remember your mom and your grandmother teaching you about the sacred writings? Hold firm to those writings, Paul is saying here. He's saying, listen, don't, do not give up on God's word. Remember what you have learned. Stay the course, Timothy. Don't give up. Stay the course and be faithful to the word of God. Now, in verse 17, or 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God. That whole term right there, it's actually... Uh, Paul used, especially uh, all scripture is breathed out by God. That is a, a compound Greek word here. Now, I am terrible at reading Greek words. I took Greek. I don't know how I passed back in seminary. I'm not going to lie. You guys like know the saying, it's all Greek to me. Like, there is a reason why that saying exists. When you take Greek, it doesn't make any sense. But anyways, that one word though, Theonusios is a compound word, theos, which means God, and uh, nuo, which means breathe. God breathed. Paul is saying here, Timothy, listen, these writings that you have, our, our sacred Bible, is God breathed. God literally breathed out his word for you and for me. And Paul is saying, listen, Timothy, you've got you to stay really, really faithful to the word of God. 
The Word of God needs to be the most important thing that you hang on to, that you put yourself into. The Word of God is so important here. It is literally God breathed out. It makes me think about back in Genesis chapter 2 when uh, we get this account of how God created man and how from the dust of the earth, it says that God created and formed man and then God took man and God breathed life into him. The word of God here is so important that we as a church, and it was encouraged back then, that, that this word has to be the most important thing to us. Because it's here for teaching, for correction. Paul says for training in righteousness. To make man complete, he says. And we need to remember the context of where these verses come from. See, a lot of people know 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. God breathed out his word. This is like one of the most doctrinal verses for why God's word is God's word. But look at the context here. Remember, Paul just got done saying, listen, in the end, things are going to get very, very difficult. There's going to be all of this sin just becoming rampant. But I want you to stay faithful to God's word. And the reason why is because it is literally the breath of God breathed out into us. That we as believers need to realize that the word of God is here for us. And as I think about 2021, as a church, as personally, I believe we have to be more committed to God's word moving forward than ever before. I think, I think as I look at the world around us, as I think about everything that is taking place, God's word has to become our top priority. We as believers need to be clinging to the word of God. And, and I bring this up because I, maybe every year you guys do a New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution for the last 15 years has been the same thing. Lose weight. I think that's everyone's usually like, you know, we just got done coming through like Thanksgiving and Christmas and everyone's like. And we came through COVID, which, you know, there's the freshman 15. I think the COVID 15 is is just as real. Um, but usually everyone has like this New Year resolution. Mine has, has usually been like eat better, bike more, you know, all of that. But another one that has always been there that I will confess, I've always wanted to read God's word all the way through in one year. Read the entire Bible in, in one year. And I can honestly say I've read the entire Bible, but I've never been disciplined for one year. And as I think about this upcoming year, that has been one of my top priorities here. And I want us as a church, I want to invite you in on that process with me. Not just, not just me, but I want to invite us as a church, as God's people, to be so committed to God's word that we will be faithful to it every single day. In the foyer, I have... I have printed up God's Word in one year. It is, it is three pieces of, of paper, and it's got January 1st. And you might be like thinking, Pastor, we are already three days behind. You can definitely make that up. But I want us as a church to really dive into God's Word this year. Because I believe times ahead, they might get better. They might not. But regardless of what is happening around us, 
regardless of what our society is doing, what our culture is doing, we as believers, we need to be committed to the Word of God. And so I want to invite you guys as a church to grab the piece of paper and maybe as a family, spend time every day reading God's Word. I can tell you this, if you go through the order there, it will just tell you different books and, you know, a couple of chapters here, a couple of chapters there. It doesn't take very long, but it does take some discipline. It does take us saying, okay, God, if I'm going to be focused on your, on your word this year, if I'm going to be committed to following you and to reading your word, I have to have some level of discipline, and it really means I might have to say no to something else. And, and I'm just going to step on just a couple of like toes here. We all have time for God's word. You know, when the, when the uh, pandemic hit and lockdowns happened, I saw so many people online talking about binge-watching Netflix. Now, maybe some of you who have Netflix, maybe you have binge-watched a TV show here or there. Am, am I, has nobody here done that? Because I've done that a couple of times. I'm mainly looking at the college students, because I know that they all have got Netflix going on here and, and, and streaming. But during, during that time, people were watching TV more than ever. And actually, when you look at like studies, I believe in 2019, uh, people watch an average of two hours of TV a day. Now, some of you in this room might be saying, well, that's not me here. But as I think about our lives, as I think about, okay, what in my life do I do that's really not that important? They say Americans spend roughly two to three hours a day on social media. And that could be healthy or not healthy. I bring this up because I don't, I don't want to ever say or hear, Pastor, I don't have time for God's word. I realize we have busy lives. We've got work, and you've got kids, and you've got grandkids, and you've got all this stuff going on. I totally get that. But if we would really be honest with our lives, if we'd really just reflect and say, okay, God, how much time do I spend on everything else? And I'm not saying this to make us be feeling guilty. I spend way too much time mountain biking. I totally get it. But we need to spend time in God's Word. And I believe that we all have time for it. We just have to make time for it. We have to make it a priority. And that is what I wanted to really challenge us on this morning. Can we make God's word a priority for this coming year? Can we as a church body say, I'm going to be committed to reading God's word every day? And I, I, will, I will tell you this. You will fail. Days will happen where it does not happen. But I don't want you to be feeling guilty for if, if you wake up just feeling ashamed and complete guilt. You're doing it as a task. Spending time in God's word is not a task. If we call this a relationship, it's just us spending time with our Father in heaven. It's us just saying, God, I just want to learn and grow and be more like you every single day. I want to just, I want to know you more today. And that's where God's word comes in. It's God breathed it out for us so that we would have his word so that we could know our heavenly father. And I want us as a church, 
as individuals to go through this and be committed to his word this year. I would love to be seeing small groups popping up and people saying, listen, we are going to be reading this daily and once every two weeks or once a month, we're going to gather and just talk about God's word and maybe, maybe, maybe have a meal together, spend time, and just be encouraging one another. As what scripture says, spur one another on in God's word. So that's, that's what I wanted to be, to be challenging us on. And like I said, as I think about 2021, I think that is the most important starting point for us, is to just really be committed to the word of God uh, individually, but also I would say collectively. And I want to be uh, encouraging you. I want you to be encouraging me and saying, Pastor, have you been, have you been spending time in the word, and, and, and not in a guilt sense, but in an encouragement sense. So um, that's what I got for us this morning. I don't have any, any brilliant ending there. I would just say we've got papers on the uh, coffee bar on the right-hand side. We made a bunch of copies, and Boyne did a bunch of stapling. He did an excellent job stapling. If there's a staple off, you can talk to Boyne, though. Uh, can't blame me there, okay? No. But uh, I want us to uh, stand. I want to pray for us. And I want the worship team to uh, come back up and lead us in one more song about God's grace for us this morning. And as they come, let me pray. Father God, God, we see in your word that you encourage young Timothy to stay faithful to your word. Father, may we as people May we as children of you who desire to follow you and know you, Father, may we be people that are committed to your word. Father, my prayer for this church is for this year for all of us to to grow in our relationship with you. To know you better this year than we've ever known you. For your spirit to be working within our hearts and minds to be drawing us close to you. God, may we have more confidence in who you are and what you can do more so than ever before. Father, I give you praise. I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, encourage us as we go forth. And Father, as we sing and as we worship to you, come and minister to us, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.